0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, April 8th. We are here for our third consecutive episode this week. We'll have our third consecutive guest. I want to thank you all for tuning in. It is another beautiful day here in Southern California. Two quick thoughts I have is there's nothing better than a cup of coffee in the morning. And there's absolutely nothing worse than a pen that doesn't work and it being on the desk, having to use, why, the, the pen should be in the trash, in my opinion, but it's sitting on a desk, and then I use another one, it's the same thing. So a little frustrated this morning, but I want to bring back in a guest who had a lot of hits from last week, a lot of positive feedback, really took our show to the next level. He's a good friend of mine, and he is a person who has always told told me flat out that I have a face for radio. So with that, we bring back my good friend, Bill Barnes. Hey, Bill, how's it going?
1: Matt, I'm doing well. Two things come to mind. You brought up um, coffee in the morning, which I totally agree with. And uh, you brought up the fact that your pen doesn't work. Um, one thing about an ink pen is that if you're in a hotel with one, it does, it does you absolutely no good. The only reason you have a, an, an ink pen in the hotel that they give you is to stir your drink with. So um, if, if your pen doesn't work, keep it and use it as a drink stirrer.
0: The, that is knowledge. You just cannot get anywhere else here besides this podcast and knowledge from, from guys like Bill. Uh, on the coffee and stirring uh, note, I will say, uh, for those who don't know, I used to live with Bill for about six months. And one of the first mornings that came down for breakfast and coffee, it's, I see Bill... And he's there in his bathrobe, and he's drinking his coffee, and he's pouring Coca-Cola into his coffee. And I about had a heart attack. I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I didn't have any sugar, so I had to sweeten it up a little bit. So I immediately thought I made the wrong decision, and I moved in with a psychopath. I, I really did, but Bill Bill needs a little bit of sugar, just a little, little, little sweetener in his life, whether it's coffee or just uh, putting on that charm, right? um absolutely
1: you work you work with the with the uh with what you have um <laughs> you make you can make sometimes you can make um you know chicken salad out of you know what and uh at that at that point in time i needed some sweetener for the coffee and there was a big can of coke there and um i wasn't going to let it go to waste <laughs> wow
0: well. well bill we'll get right into it a uh, lot of positive feedback from from your show last week so we thought we'd bring you back on hopefully weekly uh, I got nothing but comments about how funny you were and how much energy you had. And I think that's exactly what you were trying, what you were trying to do, but also just being yourself, right?
1: Very much. Yeah. What you got was a, was basically my unfiltered self. I, um, uh, it, it is what it is. As I've said many, many times, you just got to put yourself out there. If people like you, fantastic. And if they don't, well, that's their problem.
0: But Came you, into do, that.
1: you just keep, uh, shoving forward and, um, you know, last time I checked, no one's paying my bills. Nobody is, uh, you know, leading me through this uh, journey of life except myself. So um, I'll live the way I want to live. And uh, if you don't like it, well, there you go.
0: <laughs> well said, well said. Um, well, last time we recorded, it was nighttime. Uh, we, you were talking about being in your kitchen. What are you doing right now? It's just before 11 here
1: on Wednesday morning. What What are you up to? Well, I did some uh, preparation for today's show. I did some research uh, um, and I'm drinking coffee and I'm in a, in a, in a a pair of pajama bottoms and a t-shirt unshaven, unkept. Uh, My (laughs) hair is askew. I need a, I I badly need a haircut, but uh, there's no place to go to get one, obviously. And I'm not going to do it myself because, you know, that would be a disaster, (laughs) So therefore, I'm like everybody else, man. I'm just uh, hunkered in, uh, looking at four walls and a ceiling. There's a new law now in San Bernardino County that went into effect last night that when you leave your home, you must wear a mask. I'm all for that. I am all for that. I mean, there's there's two beauties there. Number one is if I'm ill, which I I don't think I am, but if I am, I'm not going to spread it to anybody. And two, if that person is ill, they're not going to spread it to me, which is good. And I guess there's a third reason. Um, all the ugly chicks are on the same playing level with all the good looking ones. Right.
0: I knew you would eventually get there. Everybody, I, I
1: everybody is on the same level playing field. So with that, it's a win, win, win.
0: Very, very good. Yeah. I, they, they put that into effect in Riverside County a few days ago also. So everyone, everywhere you go is supposed to be wearing a mask now. So that's, uh, it is what it is, but it's, uh, like you said, it's, it's the life we're in. And so, so off we go. Um. You you don't go out much anyway, right? But the times you do, you're, you're I'm sure, uh, wrapped up uh, I in I've your, got, your you know, mask.
1: I've got an Under Armour uh, cold weather mask that I had used for umpiring, and that thing has finally come into use. It covers everything. It's like a uh, an armed robbery. Some guy is going to pull an armed robbery. All you can see are my eyes. And uh, <laughs> I went to the ATM the other day, and I walked up and there were two elderly ladies there. They looked at me and they didn't even, they didn't even you know, budge. It's like, hey, Everybody's wearing those things now, so <laughs> I thought I would kind of you know cause some havoc and and, and wreak some uh, chaos at the bank and I couldn't even do that so um no, the only time I leave is to go to the store and um they say that this week do not leave your house because evidently the 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 air is completely polluted with this covid nineteen so i'm indoors i'm indoors, and I'm going stir crazy and but that's just the way it is and you know, who knows in two or three weeks when we're still on this thing, I may learn to to live like a shut in and I may never go out again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You know, it, we get used to things and that become the, the abnormal becomes normal sometimes. So um, what, what, uh, what do you want to talk about today? I have a few items to discuss, but, but uh, last time I just kind of wound you up and let you go for the first few minutes. So I'll let you, uh, w- w- what do you got to say this morning? Just what's on your mind?
1: Well, I think the, the big thing that the big news that I've read and, and talked a little about with some of my friends is the fact that Major League Baseball wants to gear up and start uh, rocking and rolling sometime in May. And all 30 teams, allegedly, are going to play in Arizona. You've got 10 minor league ballparks, and you have Chase Field. And they want to play seven inning doubleheaders, no fans in the stands. Uh, they're somehow going to put guys six feet apart, use a robot umpire and, uh, you know, the I mean, it would be boring and it would be, you know, a little weird. It'd be like, you know, having playing baseball in a, in a movie, in a, in a, in a, in a sound stage studio, you know, kind of like bowling for dollars back in the day when, when you bowled in in a, in a, in the channel five, uh, in the KTLA newsroom, uh, uh, waiting room I mean you don't have a crowd I mean it, it would be very very odd but I understand the reason why it's because a lot of guys you know clubhouse personnel um you know the players obviously could probably not play for five years and not and it wouldn't bother their pocketbook once whatsoever however there are there are people in baseball that need the money I mean for instance I don't believe the umpires are getting paid I think April was their last check these guys need to work um you know, the, I mean, the, the TV contracts are huge and it's become a money thing. So, um, we'll see if that, I mean, I'd like to kind of talk, you know, kick that around and just see the feasibility of that. I, I don't really, I don't know how, um, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that are going to have to go into effect to make this work. What are your thoughts? Oh yeah. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, you know, you know, initially off the bat, I was like, what they're going to do, like, Okay, I thought it was just to kind of keep everyone in the same area. And then I realized they're going to do it without fans. Uh, it, games in Phoenix area in the middle of summer. So you got to have some day games. So, I mean, we're talking about temperatures, you know, in the 115s or high or whatever. Miserable heat, which they, they play in. so And I don't feel bad for them, really. But uh, I just – it's going to be so weird potentially without fans just playing – I mean, you and I have umpired plenty of games in front of uh, without fans, without many fans, we will say.
1: And me personally, I like that. I love to go out where there's not a soul around because you know I don't have to listen to their bullshit when they yell at me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that, that's yeah. great. I, I don't mind that at all. However, um, you have a guy like Mike Trout. You have a guy like uh, you know uh, Corey Bellinger. These 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 superstars that are walking up to the plate and they're getting. They're getting, you know, major ovations from even the, the visiting teams. And, you know, that's got to play in your ego a little bit, and that's got to pump you up. And for these guys, I don't care who it is, to walk up, and I don't even think they're going to announce their names. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. And you're walking up and you don't hear anything. I mean, that's kind of like you're just at, at batting practice or you're, you know, at a, at a practice session. It's going to be very, very strange. I personally think if they do this, that these games are going to be a lot quicker they're going to be a lot, they're going to be a lot less, uh, you know, over managed by managers. And I think it would, the games would be quick and um, that the purpose will be served in getting people paid and getting the TV contracts done. And people on people like our, like us, will be able to watch games. It'll be strange. It'll be weird, but we'll, we'll be able to watch that instead of reruns of law and order. So
0: yeah, we, we need something. I mean, we, I'll, I'll take anything competition-wise right now. I mean, if to, just to see a sporting event would be great. Uh, yeah, I think it. what you said, that could be an equalizer. Like, as far as a, a guy getting used to a big ovation when he comes to the plate or booed heavily because he's a superstar and everything's just the same. And I think that that's a really mental side of the game that could really screw with some guys' heads and, and really showcase how mentally tough some some players are
1: yeah i and i think the one thing that i don't like about this but i do understand why they're going to do it is having a robot umpire or a computerized umpire i mean i mean we've seen what these things do 80% 80 85% of the time they're pretty accurate i think i'm just guessing i don't really have any scientific fact to back that up but i have seen the pitches where a pitch you know is technically and i guess uh you know a strike it it breaks at the front knee and the, and the ball bounces and these robots have called it strikes and batters have lost their minds i get that because that's not called in the real world so we'll see if this if this is a a a, a success or a failure my prediction is if, if this thing's a success it's here to stay and it's not going anywhere and when we get back to having you know regular baseball in front of uh, next year perhaps in front of uh in in all these stadiums that's that's a that's going to stay that is going to be a a keeper now if it's a disaster and the players go batshit crazy and don't like it obviously it it won't i mean the players run the game the players run the game the players i mean this whole arizona thing has to be approved by the the players association and i i think it will but the only thing that would hold this up is the fact that if it's healthy enough or if the if the virus is is uh is under control enough to play in phoenix the phoenix area so i think everybody wants everybody wants to get back on the field and if this is the only way we can do it then so be it now you're not going to play in new york this year i think new york is is pretty much out of the out of the equation i mean they've got a lot of uh of, of work ahead of them in these big cities, um, you know, and, and, you know, obviously the COVID virus has attacked high populated areas, New York, Los Angeles, uh, you know, I guess from the Mardi Gras, people spread it around down there. So now Louisiana's is in the effect, Florida from, from spring break and, and whatnot. Um, I never thought that Boy, that uh, Fargo North Dakota would be such a great place to go and visit this time of year because i think there's like two cases up there so you know well yeah you and i have both been up there we've both been to fargo and we know that you don't leave your house even when you can because there's nothing to do so um that that probably has a lot to do with it so again it'll be interesting this is again this is untested who knows if this is going to happen it's something that is in the planning stages and um you know the powers to be mr manfred and his people are putting something together. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I, I think it always comes down to the almighty dollar, especially for millionaire athletes and, you know, all these organizations and everything if they're going to find a way. And as far as the robo lump goes, if it's not perfect, then you know what, neither are the plate umpires. So why don't you just stick with, with the human element, but everybody's screaming for for the technology change. So I almost want it to happen just so that it, it, it fails a little bit yeah. I, and hopefully we go to human just keep it as is. Yeah,
1: I, I'm waiting for the robo shortstop to come out, you know?
0: Oh, no doubt. No errors, right? No errors. Guy that always goes five for five uh, at the play. Oh, come on. Well, that's totally different. No, it's not. It's not different at all. Everyone's on the field trying to do a job and there's this, there's just no sympathy because again, no one's there to watch umpires, but okay, that doesn't matter. You're, you're still people in baseball and people in baseball are all important as we just talked about with, stadium personnel and everyone uh, through the clubhouse
1: well i'll take exception with nobody's there to watch umpires there's i've had i've had occasions (laughs) where there's been two people there in the stands to watch umpires and that was my girlfriend and my wife and thank god they weren't sitting next to each other
0: (laughs) uh one one of these days i'm going to get uh some drum set uh drum shot rim shot sound effects here for for all the billisms, and that's another one right there yeah Thanks, Bill, for that little tidbit. Uh, I remember I invited Bill to come speak to a group of officials, and he ended it with something like that about <laughs> a wife and girlfriend sitting together. So, oh, man, that's great. Uh, the only other – do you remember it was a few years ago there was a game played without fans in Baltimore? Yes, remember they, they had the riot, they a was, riot going on or had, something?
1: They had some, some riots in the city. Uh, they were protesting some police brutality or a police shooting or, or something to that effect. And the Chicago White Sox were in town to play Baltimore. They had they had banged the first two games of the series, and finally Major League Baseball said, "Okay, we're going to play the game without fans." <laughs> Excuse me, and they did. And I remember reading an article where Buck Showalter, who was the manager of the Orioles then, said he could hear he could hear Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer, who were the who were the uh, Oriole broadcasters, in the press box announcing the game. Wow! So it was eerie quiet and um, people who who walked by the ballpark were able to watch the game through like a, a fence out right near where the, uh, the warehouse uh, is in right field. And it was everybody that played in it said it was quite bizarre and quite different. And, you know, it was, you know, something they'd never done before, but these are professional, these are professional, um, athletes and I think they can adapt so you know we'll see
0: yeah that was I remember seeing that and it was the weirdest thing it looked like a a minor league spring training game at the time just with no players and everyone out there and it was yeah it was a pretty violent situation out in Baltimore and um, not to touch too much on your on your police career but one thing I wanted to ask you because you you were involved in the LA riots when they when they happened in the early '90s, um, just a quick quick little talk about what that was like, especially being a Riverside police officer and going into LA to assist what was going on at the time in a very difficult uh, situation.
1: Yeah, I, I was working at Riverside at the time. I was it was 19 it was you know April 29th 1992 to be exact, and uh, I was married at the time to my my first wife. And I was working uh, midnight shifts graveyard. She came in and woke me up about three o'clock and said, hey, the uh, Rodney King verdict is coming back. And and the the jury has come back with their decision. You want to get up and watch it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I woke up. I got up and uh, went out to the living room and turned on the TV. And the timing was perfect to where the judge was given the envelope by the jury and they acquitted all of them. And I said, I looked over to my wife and I said, all hell's going to break loose. You watch. And um, about two hours later, I was on, I watched on TV where Reginald Denny got ripped out of his truck and beat damn near to death and and a a garbage disposal thrown on his head, and crushed his skull. And I thought, where are the cops? Where, Where are the cops at? And I remember hearing that, you know, these, these news, uh, the news uh, had said that they were listening to the police radio and that the watch commander of that particular division had told his troops to back off and clear the area. Well, they certainly did. And that was the flashpoint of that. And I firmly believe this day, and if I piss off any of my fellow cops, I really don't give a shit, is that if that watch commander had any balls at all, he would have coiled it right then and there, brought in whatever troops he needed and taken action and stopped it right then and there, we wouldn't have had the mass amount of looting, fires, death, destruction, and theft that we had. It was like, you let this fire get out of control. And I believe later on, Daryl Gates, the chief at the time, said the same thing. One thing about, about, about Daryl Francis Gates is he loved his <laughs> troops. He loved his troops at LAPD. And he always liked to, if something went wrong later on, He would then change his mind on things. And I think he, my gut feeling was, is that in the back of his mind, he really didn't give a shit if South Central LA burned and it sure did. And then later on, he came up with the fact, he came up with the statement. Well, you know, if we'd have taken care of it right then and there, went in and shot some people and put them down, this wouldn't have happened. So, you know, you can't have it both ways, but getting getting back to your question, got a phone call from the department saying, hey, we're going to go to 12 on, 12 off. You want to come in and work or we're putting a a team together to go to Los Angeles. I said, hey, I said, I'll go to LA. So it took a while. We all caravan down there. We went to the Los Alamitos uh, Naval Air Station to supposedly get more ammo. We waited, we waited, we waited and they deployed us. We went into Long Beach and uh, guarded some firemen, guarded some, some businesses that were closed. Really didn't see much action that night watched a lot of it on TV and then, um, went into, we got some sleep and we went into LA the next day and, uh, just smelled just, just the smell of smoke and fire. And, uh, you know, you couldn't see the sun because there was smoke everywhere. And we were just there to basically, uh, protect the firemen when they were on on fire calls, make sure that, you know, they didn't get uh, shot at or sniped or anything else. And it was pretty much we were just there as security, heard a lot of stories, saw a few things. Um, but other than that, um, one thing that that, I, that, I, that struck me funny is that the uh, incident commander told us, you know, he gave us all this extra ammo. And he goes, here's the deal, guys. He goes, uh, we're giving you all this ammo. Um, if you think you hit, hit hit a human being with this, let us know. Otherwise, we're here to restore order. So that was kind of like the green light to, you know, they say you never fire warning shots. Well, warning shots were quite 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 in play on uh, <laughs> that particular yeah. two or three days so interesting yeah so then after that um you know they let us go we went back home and you know went back to our our daily life
0: well to bring up the riots with bill barnes uh one cannot discuss a song that you are infamous for you uh, tell everyone I was hoping, at every I was hoping, uh, watering hole you, was, you go to. I
1: was hoping you would forget about that.
0: Uh, of course not.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, there was a, 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 a song that the group Sublime did in 1996. And I'll give you the, the short, quick version of this. A friend of mine, a guy that I worked in the riots with, he was retired shortly after. He became a pretty big, huge uh, uh bodyguard and security person for a lot of stars. I won't mention his name because he's, he's out there and and I don't want to get him in trouble, but he did some work for sublime and he furnished them some, some audio tapes of the riot. And I happened to be, my voice happened to be on one of them and I got paid a little bit of money for lending my voice and my sarcastic uh, comments on a, on a police radio at the time. And, um, I'll give you a hint. I won't tell you which one mine is, but if you listen to the song, it's the riot song, April 29th, 1992. The voice you you hear first on that song happens to be me and um, when I tell people that back in the day when it was, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, once again, you know, I I you know, I, I would tell people that they didn't believe me. They 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 they'd listen to it and they go, "Oh yeah, that is you. Your voice sounds just like him." I go, "Well, yeah." You know, you don't make this shit up. And, um, you know, it kind of paid off for me a little bit. I used to get, you know, a couple drinks spot free for me and, and, you know, everybody in the place would, uh, want to hear stories. And I told so many that I had to start making them up. So there you have it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's funny. That sublime song. Yeah. the <laughs> to hear your voice on there is, I mean, everyone else is, and I'm sure you did plenty of, plenty of work out there, but you know, uh, police work and everything but i i'd laugh we because i'm thinking we were, even we, uh, even in a riot bill barnes is is working for working the angle well, you know no, without we, knowing it we were kind
1: of told you know don't don't wade in too far don't get in over your head and and you know take the security guard approach to this observe and report so that's basically what we were doing we were observing and reporting and um you know it wasn't our city we were using their radios and we didn't want to, you know, go in and, and, and make matters worse. But we would, you know, we'd let them know. We didn't want to overstay our welcome or, or cause something that, uh, we, you know, we couldn't, uh, you know, take care of ourselves. So.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, you could be certain that anytime Bill's in a in a watering hole uh, and we're there or other friends that one of us will play it or he'll play it a lot. And, and he gets a lot of grief for, for that song. But, hey, it's a uh, it's pretty cool fact.
1: <laughs> I don't play it unless somebody calls bullshit on me then i play it okay <laughs> i that's yes. not something that i walk around i don't walk around with that uh, banner hanging over me but when 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 somebody like yourself or some other you know liquored up individual will we'll say hey i hey, well you know then i'll say okay well then, yeah, here you go
0: <laughs> yeah uh, facts are stubborn things well getting back to a, a couple sports related <sighs> topics um i know you're not the biggest ufc guy in the world but Uh, Did you see that story that Dana White was potentially had, was getting an Island ready to maybe host some, some UFC fighting events?
1: I did. I did. I I read it. And then I kept going because uh, there's a, I mean, (laughs) they're in their own private Idaho, man. You you have, you've got that cult setting with, with, with UFC that is, you know, it's, it is what it, i mean i keep saying this it is what it is thing because i'm not smart yeah. enough to figure anything else out to say but great good for him if he can get i mean how are you going to get there by boat they don't have they don't have yeah. they don't have landing strips there do they if you're going to go on an island how many people can you get there once again mm-hmm. logistics is a big part of life just like moving spring or i'm sorry the season to arizona is there enough hotels is there enough mm-hmm. this or that? I mean, the players will probably rent houses or buy a house, for God's sakes, down there. But you've got a lot of people in Major League Baseball, you know, TV staff, support staffs. I mean, hotel, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, get all kinds of, 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 of um, places to, to house these folks. Same thing with this UFC idea. I don't think mm-hmm. some of his fighters, or maybe that fighters will, but I don't know if the, if the other people will. You know, they're not going to want to stay in, in tiki huts. Or 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 whatnot. <laughs> these people want to be housed in, in, in five star hotels, and y- most des- deserted islands that, that I know of don't have those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was an interesting story. <laughs> I I, uh, I was like, wow. That was my first thought too. Was logistics, but it's it's nice to know at least some of these sporting if, or sub sporting events are trying to to do something, especially. UFC or any combat sport, which is kind of a weekly thing. So I, I found that story interesting and thought you'd have some comments well, on it. Well, so. I think
1: a lot of it too is, is UFC, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a big betting sport, if am mm-hmm. not mistaken. A lot of people like to uh, gamble on those fights. And from what I understand, you've got nothing to bet on anymore. These gamblers don't have anything to bet on other than the fact that if the sun's going to come up tomorrow, or if uh, the over/under on when this this um, quarantine is going to be lifted, so people want something to bet on, gamble on, and make money on. And if he needs to go to a, a deserted island to to uh, sanction these things, more power to him.
0: Yeah, you know we can only watch so much Netflix and and Amazon Prime, and so I, I'm ready for some sporting event, whatever it is, and I'll and I'll watch all all the hours of it going on. But um, another thing to talk about that you mentioned to me and that we both have some experience in is, is college football. And there's thoughts recently about if the season will even start or if we'll get pushed back to January. There's a lot of elements. And my, my initial thought is there's no way they do not play college, college football or the NFL. But college football p- specifically, there's too much money to be lost. There's too much revenue that is there for the schools. I could see it getting pushed back. There's no way, in my opinion, they cancel the season or lose really any games.
1: There's absolutely, you're absolutely right. There's no way they cancel the season. If they have to start the season in November or December, they will. And they'll play through January, February. And one thing that people don't realize is that you can play a 14, 15 game season And 14 or 15 weeks. So that's what, if my math is correct, that's four months. So you go November, December, January, February. Okay. You don't have the two or three weeks in between the bowl games. You don't have, you don't have the, uh, you know, the, the delay there. And you just pack them in and play. You can do it. And I, Oh yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to want to lose the money because that finances every other sport at these schools. You know, they banged they, they had no, they had no hesitation in banging baseball lacrosse tennis or swimming because they don't make any money they live off of football yeah. they live off of football football is huge to these schools and they will play them that like i say if they have to delay this or play or somehow play in, in again play in, in warm weather places they'll, they'll move things around they will make it work
0: yeah i think the biggest issue is not if this is all ready to go in September, it's if the athletes are ready to go by September. And by that, they typically practice all summer and the early spring and they're losing that time right now. So you think, OK, well, you should be ready to go in, in, a, in a couple months of football practices. But it's just it's a different sport. There's a lot of physicality to it. And it just it takes time to prepare for a season. So that, that's why there, I could see it being pushed back. Even, even like you said, just a month or two is it wouldn't be the worst
1: thing. No, and they'll move basketball season. They'll overlap a little bit, and then baseball will come in. I, I'm a firm believer. I think baseball starts too early. I mean, how many games have we had in our career where they're fucking snowed out or rained out, <laughs> and we're like going, "This is bullshit!" Because you know we're freezing to death, and this is not baseball weather. You know, try to play a yeah. try to play a baseball game. At the Air Force Academy, and I'm not knocking Colorado Springs. It's a great place. I love going there. It's a fantastic city. I've got all the, the, the uh, uh, respect in the world for the United States Air Force Academy. But playing a baseball game there, I don't care if it's in March or May, it's going to be 85 degrees one day and 35 degrees the next. It, it is completely uh, crazy with the way they start so early in February. You know, I'm a, I think. I'd love to see it somehow, and it'll never happen because kids graduate and they gotta go on and get drafted and all that. But we play baseball in bad, bad weather.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that it is you know, football, it starts in the in the summer when it's hot and goes into in the later games, there's some bad weather, but then bowl games are typically in good cities. Baseball early on, even in California, people around the country can call us wusses for some of our <laughs> feelings with with weather, but yeah, there's some cold places on the west coast too, uh, Vegas, uh, Colorado, like you mentioned, New Mexico. So yeah, I'd like to see the season pushed back to March, also, and maybe the postseason to to go more into the summer than it currently is. And I know you got the draft that is a big issue, and uh, for a lot of those players want to get into pro ball, but you're only going to play pro ball for like two months in a very short season anyway. So I don't see why it can't just be pushed back. But I'm um, again, <laughs> people much higher ranking than you and me are making these decisions.
1: There's a lot of smart people out there. There's a lot of guys with, with PhDs and, 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 uh, doctorates and whatnot that, you know, Matt are, are a lot allegedly, more allegedly, uh, smarter than we are, but sometimes they make dumbass decisions too. And, um, sometimes it, like I told, I got to tell this funny story. I, I have to say this. Please do. All right. I'm going back to my football officiating days. I was a high school, referee the guy with the white hat i had a back judge uh good guy um we had a we had a coach down in temecula at the time who yelled about everything and he was screaming about the play clock being you know that the other team was was violating play clock well back then it was 25 seconds i don't even know what it is now there's no clock on the field the back judge kept the time well he's screaming about the other team taking too long and we're not calling it blah 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 so we, you know, I'm ignoring him. I I'm not listening to him. And so, anyway, um, when he had the ball, I guarantee you, at the 25 and a half second mark, that flag went in the air by my back judge, and we called the delay of game on him. And he lost his mind. He said to me, he said to me, he called me over to the sideline. He goes, "Bill, I've got a guy with a PhD from MIT that's got a clock, and that was at 24." And I said, "Well, coach, I got a guy with a GED." And he's a back judge and he, his is the one that counts. So you know, All the smarts in the world is not going to get you places.
0: No, no, absolutely not. I mean, we're not the smartest guys in the world, but we're sitting here uh, a, on a Wednesday morning talking to each other and hoping that other people, people are listening. And that,
1: that just goes uh, to show how, how crazy dumb we are because mm. I, I guarantee you we're talking to ourselves
0: yeah and we could do this uh, on the phone but hey this is these are
1: dark times
0: um, one more football question for you since you did work some college football for a little while uh, you got you worked some uh, division one AA. I know you worked uh, down at the University of San Diego when when a a intense coach was down there getting his start really a mr. Jim Harbaugh what can you tell me about your your, your experience working uh, his games and how he, uh, how he treated you and just your general thoughts on, well, on working that level.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, there's no more intense human being on a sideline when you're, when he's ahead 46 to nothing in the third quarter, he, it's just like, he's getting beat 46 to nothing. He was a very, <laughs> he, and still is, it's probably just an intense human being, you know, as you know, I don't know if the, if your four or five listeners know that when we come out, in the locker room, we come out an hour before the game and we supervise the warmups, et cetera. So I was a field judge in those days. And a field judge is always positioned on the home team's sideline. And you were the communicator to the head coach. So I went up before the game, I extended my hand to coach Harbaugh. And I said, he coach my, he goes, bill, how are you? He knew my name. He knew that I was a cop in Riverside. He knew that I had, that I was married and I had kids and yada, yada, yada asked me how, the, how my kids were, how the job was when my last arrest was want to know. I mean, he knew who I was and I was like, holy shit, this has never happened to me before. I mean, this guy knows more about me than I do. That shows you just how prepared this human being is to, to play a football game. So we're in about we're about the second quarter and my, my uh, sideline part partner, a guy named art, you know, and what's his last name? Art Andrade. Art Andrade is my partner, and there's a spot. He has the spot on the, on the line to gain, and it's a little short. And Harbaugh is going nuts, just screaming at him, just berating him, just working him like he's the worst human being on the, on the, on the, on, on the planet. And he looks down at me, and he goes, Bill, I just want to commend you, though. That, that uh, pass interference, no pass <laughs> interference, great call, even though it went, went against me. Great call, Bill. I, it's a pleasure having you on my sideline and i'm thinking oh my goodness. this guy is <laughs> working the shit out of us right <laughs> and so you know i mean he's kicked i think they're playing drake university who you know i mean rio hondo prep could probably beat him okay and yeah, I, I feel you <laughs> so anyway uh half time, i go into i go into you know because i have to ask him you know he He's going to kick off that half, and I said, "Hey, coach." Uh, I go, "Coach, which way? Which way do you want to kick off this half?" He goes, "Hold on a second, Bill." And he gets on his phone. He calls the Nash- he puts it on speaker. He calls the National Weather Service to check the prevailing winds. <laughs> Stop in San Diego that night. It's a uh, uh, San Diego temperature, sixty six degrees. Winds out of the north at four miles an hour. He goes, "We'll kick." He goes, "We'll go that way, Bill. We'll kick. We're going to kick towards the uh, open end." I said, "Okay, coach." Got it. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> <smokes."> so <clears throat> to let you know, just to let you know that how prepared and analytical and absolutely intense this guy is, that's just a couple of, of examples of uh, how he conducts his business on the sideline. I can see where every, every place he's gone, he's been successful because he is, he is very prepared and um, very intense, extremely intense. Wow.
0: Wow i <laughs> i i have had my suspicions about Jim Harbaugh for years, but now that you tell me he actually complimented you of all people, Bill Barnes is football officiating. That's where I know he's uh, he he's he's got a screw loose. Oh, because... he's completely
1: delusional. Completely <laughs> delusional. Completely. I mean, um, you know, as as a field judge, you really don't have to do anything besides count players and and if there's a if there's a train wreck on the defense or the offense yeah. on 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 pass plays. That's all you really have to judge, you know? So again, it's not, it's not too terribly difficult. You just have to be focused. And like I said, uh-huh. uh, coach Harbaugh was, was, he was almost kind of comical to work. He was quite entertaining. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's a method to his madness, obviously. So I enjoy yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Crazy, crazy scientists. So, uh bill why did you 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 were working both sports i think at the same time or may, maybe just one but what made you walk away from football and just just work on baseball because working two sports at a high level is is very difficult there's a few guys that do it uh bill vinovich comes to mind nfl referee who does college basketball gene sterator before he came off the field college football college basketball i mean wh- what are your thoughts on working two sports and why you in the end, walked away from football. Well, you have
1: to remember, I had a alleged full-time job at the time. You know, I was a police detective, you know, answering phones about people's toasters and people wanting to get their toaster back and, <laughs> and you know, whatnot. So I had a full-time job Monday through Thursday with Friday, Saturday, Sundays off. So I was able to do football. Uh, however, when baseball season, you know, rolled around, you know, there's a two, three months uh, in between time. And people don't realize you just, you just don't pick up and 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 put your uniform on and go work you there's some preparation involved and two sports at that level just got to be too much and i did a quick inventory of of where i was at the time and i thought to myself well you know to go to the next level in football you've got to be about six foot 190 pounds built like a brick shithouse and and look the part and i'm about five nine on a good day five ten Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's, there's a thousand of me and I was just going to get caught in the masses and I didn't know anybody. There was nobody's ass that, that was sweet enough to where I could kiss to get to the next level. So (laughs) I said, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to do baseball. And that's pretty much what made up my mind was to, um, do baseball because there's more games. There's more, there was more, um, options and opportunities there than football so um, i did do high school only my last year and i did uh my last game ever was uh and i've got a pic i ran across the picture of it the other day was a 2006 cif final over at uh, citrus college no i'm sorry was it citrus yeah citrus college uh charter oak and eldorado that was my last game ever and it was a lot of fun i worked with some great guys and that was a great way to go go out
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And, and just weird before we even met each other, that was a game I was actually in the stands at and uh, Eldorado charter Oak at citrus. I'll never forget it. And little did I know that I would eventually meet the, uh, were you the white hat for the I game? Was the back judge. The back judge. I'd meet, made meet the back judge later on. And we, uh, we worked some ball games together and develop a, a nice friendship. So that, well, that's a great way to go out, Bill. I, I definitely similar thoughts as far as, moving away from college football and just kind of focusing on baseball. And I think it definitely has been beneficial to me. You, you, you instantly improved uh, your schedule, right. With just focusing on baseball and was able to, to transition and and move rather quickly into a, a leadership, more leadership type position in baseball, right. By, by just putting aside football.
1: Yes. Yes. I was lucky enough to, to, you know, uh, be on the right side of some calls and, and know some some good people that, that, uh, help me a little bit. And, um, you know, it's luck. I mean, you gotta have a little bit of talent, but, um, luck and being at the right place at the right time is huge.
0: Oh yeah. Big time. Um, what, uh, so you started, you started, I, I told you to check out a show. Did you, you started the Ozark show? On uh, Netflix, Jason I, Bateman. I watched
1: all three, uh, uh, all three years of it, all three seasons. <laughs> yep. and, yeah, uh, I was glued. And let me tell you something to all four of your listeners: I highly advise watching that. It is a great, great show. If you like blood and guts, if you like just the the, the whiskey tango way of living down <laughs> in the Ozarks, you will love that show. <laughs>
0: Whiskey Tango, yeah, I, I knew it was right up your alley, and you had suggested a show to me, uh, Bosch, that that we blew through a few months back, and you know what, season five, I think, it, or maybe season six, it's coming out here in late April, so I know we'll both binge that in one day, I'm, I'm sure of it.
1: Let me let me tell you something about that show, and, and, and having been a cop for a few years, that is the most, whoever the technical advisor is on that show is uncanny, they are outstanding. The the, the the actors and actresses that they have on that show are obviously actors and actresses. They have got the way cops walk, the way cops talk, the way they sit in a bar, the way they drink, the way they talk on the phone to people, the way they motherfuck each other in the squad room. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It is, that is outstanding. Just an outstanding show.
0: Yeah, I remember you to- telling us about it. And you wouldn't talk to me too much about shows and you you told me and uh, mike and a few other friends man you guys got to watch bosch and i are like okay like any like any show you hear about okay whatever and then when you told me that you you blew through a couple of seasons like in in a, in a day and a half i was like wow that's for bill to do that is is very different and so yeah we jumped on board and i i agree with you i mean i don't have the police knowledge that you do but all the little things they do you can definitely appreciate
1: Definitely. I mean, they must have had those actors and actresses go into a, a station house, walk around and just watch the way that that uh, uh, cops at all ranks conduct themselves with, like I said, when they walk, talk, everything is just to a T, uncanny.
0: Awesome. Well, I think a- April 23rd or something like that, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely be uh blowing through it and we'll we'll definitely talk about it i'm sure here on on the old podcast so bill from the last episode you were on if i know you at all if listen we talked about fargo north dakota and and working baseball with bill uh in the american association he was a guy always giving out tickets (laughs) you go get a cup of coffee at starbucks hey do you guys like baseball why don't you come to the game tonight so i know you're a very social um individual so did you happen to tell some individuals about this uh podcast last week and uh promote uh yourself but but a little bit of the show
1: <laughs> you know it's funny i did i i <laughs> i did i there were some 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 ladies that i had that i know not very well and oh. we were talking and i said hey uh, if you really want to get a good dose of me and what who i am and my my sense of humor and you know i can kind of be a be a fictional character a little bit you might want to listen to this so I sent them like two or three of them. I sent I sent the tape of it, and I'll be goddamned. I haven't heard from them since. So, <laughs> you know, I'm winning friends and influencing people quite quite uh, quite steadily here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you either love me or hate me, and I guess they hate me. So so be it. You know.
0: Hey hey, ninety nine no's and one yes is still yes, right?
1: Well, you know, if you're batting a hundred, you're one out of ten, man. That one could be that could be one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, that that is awesome to hear. Yeah, I I knew having you on that you would uh, not only spice it up, but you'd also increase our listenership by uh, by doubling or tripling it for sure. I
1: did. I did send it to a, to a young to a gentleman that we both know. His initials are MG.
0: I don't know if I go as far as gentleman, but but yeah, yeah, go ahead. And
1: he called me, and his quote was, "What in the fuck are you doing?" <laughs>
0: And, and he didn't have any idea. It was me, right? He, Asking he goes, you the question.
1: He goes, who is the, who is the, who is the Klondike that's interviewing? Me? And I told him and he said, you, and I, I, I'm not going to get real vulgar with this, uh, but he was, too I, he was like, you got to be shitting me. He goes, you two grown human beings have nothing better to do than sit around and talk to each other and pretend that you're on some big, you know, CNN stage. Or you you're you know you're the you're the pod masters of the world. He goes, he goes. That is just he goes. <laughs> yeah. So you know if he <laughs> let me tell you something, he would be a fantastic guest.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I uh, I got to make that happen. Got to get and, him uh... lubed,
1: lubed up with about four or five Jack and Waters, uh, <laughs> and and get him on, and pretend you're just having a conversation with him, and somehow trick him into um, this, let me tell you, your, your, your four or five listeners would, would, would go times a thousand.
0: Oh, we, we'd break the internet, I think. And what would be really cool is if you were there to kind of be there, like the transition, like if it was the three of us, we'll mostly just focus in on YouTube and your guys' banter. If there was a way to do that, yeah, I think we'd take off and, you know, for him to be bashing us and, and this, uh, media element, uh, it, I'm sorry I'm laughing so much, but I can just picture him saying all this stuff about us. And and so, yeah, we're going to definitely try to get him on. And I'll let you lead the discussion on that. How about that? Uh,
1: that, Well, that I I would definitely have my work cut out for me, but I think I think I could make it happen. Uh, OK, you know, he 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 would bring in some stories that would be just outstanding.
0: Outstanding. Oh, yeah. And that's what we want, you know, if we bring you on weekly bill which which Wednesdays is is perfect middle of the week. Uh and I know yesterday you forgot what day it was, so that's probably a little bit of your old age but also the quarantine effect when you were asking what, what, know. what time if,
1: are we going on today Wednesday? Am I on time here? Y- Yes is it Wednesday is.
0: <laughs> every every day's the same, right? Yeah. I'm living I'm um, living
1: a, I'm living a movie the groundhog day by the way.
0: Oh yeah. well it's it's almost noon and it's that means it's almost time for you to switch robes right in in another hour or so
1: um i can i can this this thing could probably go and i could probably go another hour with this one on before i got to put it in the washing machine um actually i I get dressed i'm forcing myself to get dressed now every day which (laughs) which is a tap baby steps which is a tap
0: Now, okay, uh, not, to, not to focus on your clothing here, but uh, does that mean that okay. you one thing you've got to understand socks. about me, and anybody who
1: knows me knows <laughs> that I am not a sock wearer. I think socks are an absolute waste of, of attire. Um, the only time I will ever wear socks is on a, on, a, on a baseball field, or sometimes if I have to put a suit on, you look like a dork if you don't wear socks. But any other time, any time I'm, I'm, you know, in plain clothes, walking around with a pair of Dockers and a sports shirt, I will not have socks on.
0: So you're telling me that only when you wear a suit well, and you don't wear socks, you look I like a dork? So. You don't look you like a dork not me, wearing Matt. socks, we just your civilian clothes? Socks, Uh, I yeah we're we're not up against the hard break or anything, and unless you got CNN I, or I Fox News on, on the line on for uh, your I've next got interview, calls
1: come in, but but it's going straight to my voicemail. Okay, excellent. One quick. All right, I had about three or four months of right job as a cop, and I was working in a in a detective job where that nobody wanted. I was in charge of uh, community relations. I made sure that all the blue haired ladies that went out for crime prevention had coloring books and sharp crayons and all that. Okay. Occasionally, occasionally I would get handed a case that usually was kind of an internal thing, like a city employee or something of that nature. Well, I got a case where a, in the city museum, uh, a janitor was caught uh, pleasuring himself in a bathroom stall. And one of the the female employees saw it and reported it. And so it turned into a, um, a, a, you know, a obscene sex act type uh, case. Well, in the infinite wisdom of the city of Riverside, instead of calling out the criminal investigators to question this guy and put a case together, they did an administrative deal that night. And they basically took a statement, which he gave none, and they fired him. So he's in the wind. And being that he was a Mexican national, he was probably back in Mexico, which is a smart thing to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not doubting his judgment there. So about two weeks later, you know, I get the, I get the report and I read it and I go, there's nothing I can do. So I put it on, I put it on a shelf and we've got this brand new lieutenant at the time who, and I won't mention his name or anything. Didn't know shit from Shinola. He comes up to me and he goes, Hey Bill. Uh, and I'm, you picture this i'm at my desk i got my feet on my desk and i'm reading a newspaper it's about 8 30 in the morning i'm drinking a cup of coffee and i've got all these young brand new detectives around me in this open bay area and they're just you know they see the lieutenant come in so they all snap to attention and i'm still sitting there with my feet on the desk and he walks up to me he goes hey bill uh what's going on with that uh, library case and i look at him and i go what library case lieutenant he goes, you know, that the the, the weenie-wagger in the uh, bathroom. I go, are you speaking of the museum case, sir? He goes, yeah, yeah, the museum case. I go, absolutely nothing. He goes, why? I said, because you admin people in your infinite wisdom decided to uh, roll him up that night and fire him. And he's in the wind. He's in Mexico somewhere. Now, if you want to stamp my passport and give me free reign to go search Mexico for him, I'll be happy to. I go, that's not – if, if – if, you know, if that's not going to happen, then that case is going nowhere. And he goes, well, I need you to step into my office. Uh, we need to talk talk about this. I go, okay. So I get up, and all these young, young detectives are looking at me like, oh, God, that's the last time we're ever going to see Bill. He's done. And I just wink at them all. I walk in, and I sit at his desk, and I said, yes, Lieutenant, what can I do for you, sir? He goes, you know, Bill, he goes, I wish I was like you. I wish I had like two or three months left on the job, and I could just be completely defiant and quasi uh, insubordinate to my superiors. I go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. With all due respect, sir, how am I being insubordinate? You ask me the question, the wrong one, I might add, and I correct you, and I answer your question. I go, I see nothing wrong with that. He goes, well, you know, it's your tone. I go, my tone? I go, really? I go, well, gee whiz. I go, next time, maybe you should just call me on the phone instead of come in and try to show me up in front of my uh, young peers. He goes, okay, enough of that. He goes, how come you're not wearing socks? I go, so, we had kind of a dress code as a detective, and I violated it probably every day because I didn't wear socks. I had a pair of topsiders, a <laughs> pair of nice jeans, and a Hawaiian shirt on that day. And he looks at me and he goes, You know, last time I checked, oh, wow. uh, Miami Vice <laughs> went off the air uh, uh, 10 years ago. And I said, Oh, I go, news to me. I said, I'm sorry. I go, Well, let's re-, I said, let's revive it. And he goes, Okay, Bill. He goes, Why aren't you wearing socks? I go, Okay, Lieutenant, I go, you're an old internal affairs guy. You know the policy backwards and forwards, don't you? I said, show me in the book. Get the book out. You show me where non-uniform personnel must wear socks. And if you show me that, I will run down to the nearest department store. I will sprint there, buy a pair of socks, put them on, and sprint back and show you. I said, you get the book out. You show me. And he know- and because I was already 10 steps ahead of him, I had already checked the policy, and nowhere did it state – that, you know, non-uniform personnel had to wear socks. That means that females had to wear socks. So they're not going to put that in there, okay? They're not going to put that in there. So it was an open, it was an open deal where nowhere in the book that it said you had to wear socks. So I wasn't violating policy, and I told him. I made it quite abundantly clear to him, and um, he said, "Okay, Bill." He goes, "I'll tell you what, man." He goes, "I'm not going to win this with you." I said, "Would you do me a favor and please?" please wear socks. I said, once it goes into the, into the manual, I'll wear socks. I go, are we done? He goes, I'm done. Get out of here. And that was it. Done. So that was my last little uh, hurrah, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, to the, to the administration. And it was nothing personal, but you know what? I don't like wearing socks. What can I tell you?
0: (laughs) no. I'm so glad I asked you if you're wearing socks today to get that long uh, explanation, (laughs) but no,
1: you had to to kind of give it all.
0: No, no, there isn't. Yeah. (laughs) That is bill though. He does not wear socks. That is, I I don't, he, he doesn't wear sandals very often. He wears no socks with tennis shoes or, or, uh, dress shoes. It is the weirdest thing to me, but Hey, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Bill Barnes. Um, well, Bill, thanks for being here again. It's been uh, almost an hour here, which has been great. The time's flown by. We've killed one of the 24 hours time, we time have flies, in the day, just flies, uh, sitting around uh, talk, talking. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And like I said, I'd love to, if you're up for it, and I know you don't have anything going, uh, bring you on weekly. Cool. You know who I'm bringing on tomorrow? You, you won't believe this. You it. it I, I, it's going to take some work, but he said he'd do it. And I just gotta, just gotta get him upstairs. I'm going to bring on Mr. Mike Jarbo. (laughs) I have a feeling it'll be a much shorter podcast than today's, but. Wonderful. uh, (laughs) Make sure you have,
1: make sure you have a a lot of. He he, he can come. And, uh, you know, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, <laughs> a lot of sugar. He can practice the golf swing up here, uh, and I figure if I call him out on this episode and tell everyone, or, or you know, the five people listening that that he's going to be on, that maybe they'll tune in again. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get him up here. Uh, it's been it's been a much smoother operation having someone well, to talk yeah, to, it's always, it's as I'm sure you when can you have, relate when you to, to. Do things uh, with another only... person
1: and not have to do things by yourself. It's absolutely the best.
0: I'm not touching that that one. Uh,
1: <laughs> Bill, Bill, thanks
0: again for being here. It was a, it was a lot of fun. We'll do it again. I again, even even last night, I was hearing guys say, hey, just listen to that Barnes interview. That was great. And I said, well, he's going to be back on tomorrow, actually. So 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 tune in. I know you got another busy day with uh, yeah, uh, other media. Greg,
1: Greg, got, um, Greg. Greg I'm sure it's only a matter of time. God. Is, uh, I got him on hold right now. I got—he's you know, going to get—he's probably going to get uh, tired of being on hold. I got to get to him immediately and let him know what my schedule is, so they can work around it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for uh, for hanging out and for uh, you know it's about time to go put some more more coke in your coffee and uh, and switch bathrobes. So yes, thanks again, absolutely. Bill. We will talk Wednesday. to you next I look week. To it. Okay. All righty. And to everyone everyone listening, guys, we really appreciate it. Um, Whether you're out on the town around the third, get home safe. Thanks, Bill.